Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm Steven Jensen. Today is another throwback episode. Got a lot of really good feedback from the one I put up yesterday. So in the next few days, I think I'm going to keep re-uploading some stuff that you guys probably haven't heard. Uh, These are going to be things from my old YouTube channel. Uh, This is going to be stuff from podcasts that I've been a guest on in the past that I've never put on this podcast feed. Um, Like today, this was an episode of the Think Deep podcast. From June 15th, 2014, my friend David Dilworth invited me to come on his show, and his co-host Andrew Kim is there as well, and in this episode, we talk about a lot of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts stuff, basically kind of what got me to become a fan. They're basically interviewing me, uh, talking about you know why I'm a fan of professional wrestling, when I got into it, when I did. Uh, we talk a, a bit about the World Cup, because that was going on during this time. But I'm very much giving like my perspective on why I think mixed martial arts is way more entertaining than soccer. So you guys might get a kick out of this episode. Uh, a lot of really good stuff here. Another blast from the past. Another way to just kind of look back in time, see where things were five years ago. This one's again on June 15, 2014. Um, and also, you know, just getting my opinion and maybe getting a little more perspective on who I am. Because very rarely on this podcast feed here on Fight Talk, do I get interviewed? I'm usually the one giving the interviews. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this. And once again, since I got such good feedback on these other th- on these other throwback episodes, I figured I might as well uh, put some more of those out there. And there's another reason for that. It's because I'm trying to get to episode 200 because I have a really, really special guest booked for episode 200. And we're going to be recording that episode later this week as long as, you know, nothing crazy happens. So... I basically need to get to 200 episodes. I have a couple guests lined up before then, but you know I don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag. That's something really special planned for episode 200. So you're gonna probably hear some more of these throwbacks while we get closer to 200, and then episode 200 itself. Um, I have um, some interviews coming up with some independent wrestlers. You're gonna hear too. Um, but you know this this episode 200 is is basically my bucket list dream guest. And once again, I hope everything goes well, nothing falls through because I'm really, really looking forward uh, to that episode. So what you're gonna hear is my theme music and then we'll jump right into the conversation. Once again, this is from the Think Deep podcast with myself, David Dilworth and Andrew Kim from five years ago. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Think Deep Podcast, where we talk all things deep. I am David Dilworth, and I have my brother here, Andrew Kim. Hey, how you doing, guys? Today we got a special guest here, uh, Steven Jensen, we're a returning guest. I want to say thank you to you, Dave, and you, Andrew, for letting me come on again. Well, uh, I kind of had a couple of questions when it, when it comes to wrestling itself. I, I used to watch it a lot. Um, I think it, it was... When, when I was younger, then it evolved into kind of like the whole NWO scene when it came to uh, The Rock and Stone Cold, that whole era. But I guess after that ended, it kind of dwindled away from me. You know, I've been a fan, to give you a little background, I've been a fan of professional wrestling since I was, I don't even know how young. You know, I'm 26 now. I started watching it weekly in 1994. Uh, but I've watched everything prior to that as well, so I know, you know, the whole history of it. 
you know, what's cool about professional wrestling to me is it's it's an it's kind of a never ending story. Like there's still things that happen today that tie in the storylines that happened fifty years ago in one way or another. So I mean there's a lot of history behind it. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia growing up, WCW was headquartered there. I got into it really young and uh yeah, it was just kind of you know, it's one of those things not getting too too into it, like well I guess I could. This is a think think deep podcast, so I think it'd be appropriate. We go Basically, when I when I was younger when I was younger, my mom had breast cancer. And, you know, she actually she eventually passed away from it, and we had other stuff going on with illness and other things in my family. Like I dealt with tragedy at a very young age, and, and a lot of it. And for me, professional wrestling was kind of my escape from uh, having to deal with that on, on a daily basis. You knew that every Monday you had Monday Night Nitro when WWF was around. You had WWF Monday Night Raw. You know, you had like that like block of like three hours a week where. You know, you didn't have to think about all that, all that other stuff, and that's what got me into it initially. And just because I've invested so much time into it is the main reason I've stuck with it. Even right now, it's it's in a good in a good place, I think. But there was about a ten year span there that you're referring to between the time that you stopped watching and now. There wasn't a whole lot going on, and I could definitely talk more about that if you want. To. Wow! So you had a. A very good uh, connection with that, with the with the tragedy with your mother, man. I'm so I'm sorry to hear that, and um, I, I mean I've I've known about that from knowing when we were friends, but kind of your connection of how that started and things like that is is something that I was not aware of. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's it's one of those things where uh, I definitely looked at it as. You know this entertainment. I, I think I I like wrestling before I started to like sports. Uh, I, well, I, uh, well, not to say that wrestling is is not a sport, but um, I would say more the traditional major sports as far as football and uh, baseball. Uh, I grew up playing a little bit of t-ball, but I never really became a big fan until later on. What about you, Andrew? Were you uh, a wrestling fan? Um, what did you ever have uh, any type of thing where you were rooting for Hulk Hogan or favorite wrestlers? Well, I would say that, you know, I was a wrestling fan back when I was younger. Uh, wrestling for me went hand in hand with uh, kind of like my childhood along with Saturday morning cartoons. And I don't mean that wrestling was on, you know, during that time period. I just meant that, you know, when I think of my childhood, I think of, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and wrestling. Because from elementary school through middle school is when I kept up with it. And then after that... <clears throat> I was still tuned in from time to time uh, in high school, but it just could never really, you know, captivate me. It really just couldn't hold my attention. So one question I really had for Steven is, you know, and he kind of already answered it essentially, but because it has, you know, such a deeper meaning to it. So, um, but I, I don't know if there would be anything else. Maybe I could pose this question this way is for someone who's uh, unacquainted with wrestling, is it too late for them to get into it? And what would be, you know, what would be the, not the point, but uh, what would be the seller, if you will? What, well, you know, how would I get into wrestling and what would get me to keep watching it? Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing I want to mention is kind of to Dave's uh, comment, professional wrestling definitely isn't a sport. You know, it's, it's a predetermined outcome, but you have to be athletic to do it. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, I think professional wrestlers go 
they go through a, a harder physical day-to-day uh, regimen, you know, toll on their body than I think any professional athlete does because they're doing it year-round. And if you take time off, you're probably going to lose your spot on the roster unless you're so high up there that the company has invested so much money in you that you get brought back in the same position you were in. And some guys never even come back at all. So, you know, I, even to, to UFC fighters, I think professional wrestlers take a much bigger toll on their body because of how often they, they're out there. Because we see the shows that, are, that happen, you know, a few times a week, but some of those guys are probably wrestling four or five times a week, and that's not easy to do because those guys, you're really falling, and occasionally you get hit by a, a stiff punch. You know, it happens. To answer your question, Andrew, um, I don't think it's too late for anyone to get into it, but it's definitely a different product now than it was when we were younger. Like, it's gone through these eras where where it was at its most popular, it was what everyone references to as the Attitude Era, which was the NWO and Degeneration X, you know, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, you know, all these, these guys who became superstars. I mean, The Rock... I think he was number one uh, money maker at Hollywood last year of any actor. He had like a lot of big movies last year, and you know it's something where it's a PG product now. It's definitely different, but they've the last ten years were rough, and I can talk about that in, in, in detail if y'all want me to. But kind of where it's at now is they have this whole roster of guys who were really successful for like the last ten years outside of the WWE that are now getting their chance with all this experience still being young. So you can still definitely get into it, but it's definitely geared more towards uh, children at this, at this stage in, uh, in the company's uh, existence, I guess. Well, one of the questions that, um, that I had for you that you kind of talked about, well, we talked about before the podcast was that um, there's a lot of terminology that you use kind of, within the wrestling world and for those who are listeners out there because uh i'm sure we're gonna have some listeners being like oh my goodness it's wrestling it's fake you know what do you say to those people who are out there telling you you know wrestling is fake what is your answer to that right it's it's not fake it's predetermined like so there's like for instance the wwe is run by vince mcmahon and as soon it'll be run by Triple H, who was a former wrestler that most people would, would recognize. There's there there's someone back there saying, you win, you lose, this is the finish of the match. Like meaning they know what the last move is gonna be and who's winning and who's losing. They might have a few spots that they've decided ahead of time. But for the most part it, it's improv and you have to be highly skilled, not only, you know, to make yourself look good, but there's another, you know, grown human being that you're responsible for taking care of at the same time like you can't you can't slack off you can't make mistakes because you're going to wind up hurting yourself or someone else or both of you at the same time so i mean you've got to be you've got to be athletic you got to be in really good shape you got to be tough as hell to do it so it isn't fake in that sense like these guys really do get hurt but it, it but it is predetermined so you can't you can't call it a sport because someone isn't really winning or losing so, Stephen, if that's the case, um, I just want to bring up actually a, a comment or a, a tweet that you had tweeted out. And it says, just told all the lame ass people cheering the World Cup at the bar. I am at I'm at to to tune into uh, UFC 174 tonight to watch a real sport. <laughs> now I'm confused. 
He's no, just no, 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 no. You're, you're talking about the UFC. That's that's mixed martial arts. Oh, that, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, that that is not predetermined. Okay, so then the question. <laughs> um, well, then a little bit further up, you have physically speaking, the WWE is infinitely more real than the World Cup. If you think otherwise, yeah. hashtag World Cup my balls at Triple H at Vince McMahon. Now, why do you believe that the that wrestling in general is infinitely more real than the World Cup? I don't mean that in reference to the outcome of the matches, because I know that the World Cup is not a predetermined sport. I'm talking when I made those comments, I was talking from the sense of well, let me put it this way. Okay, so I've watched I've watched soccer, football, you know, and there's to me it's to me and and I get so much shit for this. And it's understandable. If you're into soccer, you're into soccer. If you're into tennis, you're into whatever. But <laughs> I see guys in soccer that don't even get touched, fall on the ground, grab their leg. And I've seen actual stretchers come out onto the field, like, to pick these guys up. I've never seen a stretcher in the UFC. These guys are getting actual – they're getting knocked out. They're breaking bones. They're breaking – they're tearing ligaments. Anderson Silva broke his shin in half. I don't think there was even a, he, someone carried him out. You know, it 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 drives me insane when I see people hype up soccer like they do to watch a zero zero final. You know, it's like now I get it. I understand that there's countries and these people get behind it. It only happens four well, once every four years. I understand it, and I'm not knocking people for for enjoying it. What I'm what I'm my point is. I was sitting at a bar yesterday, and I was mentioning that I was at a bar with all soccer fans, and I was just sitting there having a beer. I was about to come back and watch the UFC pay per view that happened last night. And I mentioned to the bartender, "Hey, I'm actually I'm got to get out of here. I got to go catch UFC." And like three of the uh, soccer fans are watching soccer, kind of laughed about it. And I turned to him and I was like, "If you want to watch a real sport, tune into UFC tonight." That's all I said. <laughs> they're, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, blah blah blah," and I explained to him, "Look." You think that you think this is cool? You think this is worldwide? Wait twenty years, even ten years. UFC's been around realistically for about fifteen years, and it's already a worldwide competition. It's going to be so much bigger than soccer worldwide. Maybe not in our lifetime, but at some point, people are going to be laughing at how much they thought soccer was cool when they realize that the real athletes are going into fighting and they're not kicking a ball into a net to say they're badass. They're knocking each other out to say they're badass. The one thing that I believe in terms of the U.S. population as far as why they don't like soccer is because it is much, very much like a chess match. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, possession in terms of who has the ball as far as domination or back and forth. Uh, it's all about finding that open player. And it's funny because out of all the different sports I watch, I don't hold my breath as much as I do when I watch soccer. Like every other sport, you know, you can watch it. Football, you know, when you're watching, fo- you know, U.S. football, when they get to the red zone, you're waiting and you're like, all right, this is it. You know, third, second down, third down, fourth down, you, you know, you get that little anxiety. But with soccer, anytime that ball passes that half line, you know, that ha- that uh, the middle of the field, or they call it the pitch. So as soon as it crosses the, the midway point of the pitch, if you're the attacking team and that's who you're rooting for, you're like, all right, this is it, this is it. It's our chance to set up. So then they start passing it. Real quick, you know, nice one touches neatly. It just goes back, back and forth, one, two, three around defenders. And then the closer it gets to that goal, the more you're just like, okay, okay, and your your breathing starts getting shorter and shorter and shorter. 
And then when they go to kick it, you hold your breath. And then if it goes in, you explode. Or if it doesn't, you exhale and you're like, ah, ah. And then on the opposite end of that, if you're defending, you're still holding your breath. Because you're like, okay, man, they're getting closer and closer. Breath is still getting shorter and shorter. And then all of a sudden, when they shoot, you hold your breath. And you're like, ah, don't go in. And if it goes in, you're like, ah, dejected. But if it doesn't go in, you, you know, you... You get excited and you're like, all right, kick that ball away. Uh, so it's like never has any sports made me hold my breath as much as soccer has, Dave. Uh, and I don't even like soccer that much, to be honest with you. I'm not the kind of guy who watches, you know, the club soccer on a, you know, whether it's the Premier League or La Liga, uh, Serie A, all those different leagues that they have in Europe or even MLS. I don't watch any of that. But when I when, when it comes to World Cup soccer, oh, man, I get behind it 100 percent. See, that's, that's kind of my thing with the World Cup. Like, I I get that. Everything that you're saying, I understand. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I've never watched a World Cup soccer match, that I don't get the chess of, behind it. You know, it's very much like fighting, too. There's also, there's also fights that are, that are stinkers also, that nothing happens and it's a, it's a boring fight. It's, it's just like having a 0-0 score in soccer. I get it. But what bothers me, and I could probably choose my words better when I when I use it. I saw that hashtag World Cup my balls. I thought it was hilarious. Like so like that was like a trending thing. Like I didn't make that up. But um what bothers me is all these people that are like who how many like Dave, are you gonna sit are you gonna sit at home if you with having the option, World Cup's over, it doesn't matter who wins, are you gonna watch Manchester United in their in like their regular season soccer game? You know what I mean? Like ever. Uh, you know, like, and, and, I've, and I've done it. I have. Because I have a buddy down in Orlando who was a massive fan of, of soccer. And whenever he was around, he'd find the match. And I would sit there and watch it. And I'll tell you what. There was one time I watched a, a match with him. There was like, there was probably eight goals scored in, in the game. That was fun to watch. I was like, oh, shit. Like, they're, these guys are skilled. Like, and it was like the same dude had a hat trick. Like, he had three goals in one game. I was like, that's a badass. Like, this dude... This guy, this guy is cool. Like I'm, I can get behind something like that, but it's like every four years, all these pseudo fringe soccer fans come out of the woodwork and talk about how it's the greatest thing ever. But they don't watch. They watch it once every four years, yeah. and I'm over here every weekend telling people you gotta check this out. You want to talk about Brazil? Check out Anderson Silva. Check out check out Vitor Belfort. Check out Henan Barrao. Those guys are all Brazilian and they're kicking ass. You know, you like you like Sweden? Cool. Check out Alexander Gustafsson. He's from Sweden. He's kicking ass. You know, you like the U.S.? Check out Chris Weidman. Check out, you know, there's so many guys from all these countries. And it's like, you can be getting the World Cup every weekend from the UFC. And they're not kicking a ball to prove their point. They're using their hands, their fists, submissions. They're, it's To me, that's a much more exciting chess match than running around on a field. What is it, 90 minutes? 90 minutes. For 90 minutes. And, and also, I'll, I'll also say, if anyone happens to listen to this outside of the U.S., I get soccer being a gigantic sport across the country, but I think it's pretty safe to say America is a bandwagon every four-year soccer fan. You don't hear anything about the MLS during the year. You might hear about stuff like David Beckham. He's like a superstar and he's married to a spice girl. But you're not going to hear... You know what I mean? You, you guys understand what I'm saying? Like well, it's like every four years this happens, but then well, it disappears. 
The fact that you said 90 minutes when you guys just said that, I was like, okay, now I know how long it is. I didn't know that until just a second ago. Because I was freaking out when I was watching the soccer match the other day. I was like, the counter's going up. Is it supposed to do that? <laughs> like, you know, I'm used to it going down and, uh, you know, watching Falcons games and stuff like that. Um, but to kind of tell you my, my ignorance when it comes to it and kind of how I feel about it, there was a... Uh, Someone who's uh, tweeted out Brian Dawson out here, and this is kind of how I feel about both sports, is hockey is like soccer that you can watch. And um, because I never, like, you know, I, I guess I feel the same way about hockey and when it comes to soccer, I never really put much time into watching it. But I have to say this, when I, when I saw soccer uh, yesterday, I felt like if I'm a person that doesn't know anything about sports, period, I attached to what soccer was about, like, immediately quicker than I would, let's say, if I was an outsider and knew about football. I'm like, okay, why are they lining in a line? Well, you know, why are they counting out these colors, blue, 32? Like, what, what's going on with that? Why don't they just cross right now? Like, you know, soccer, it just, like, I immediately get it. Okay, they're trying to go in that goal. They're trying to go in the other one. Um, this is, like, out of bounds. And you're trying to get through these number of people on one side and scored in that goal. And when I'm looking at it from this bird's eye view, I'm like, how the hell, if they have an army of people on this side and there's one ball and they have their army on this side, like, how is that going to work? Like, there's too many people in the way. And when it happens, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> and, like, that's how I felt before because it just looks impossible of just, like, there's 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 pro people who have you know these shins on these armor on their legs and this high dexterity where they've been doing all their lives and that person's a bad motherfucker on the other end and you got to get past like an army of them and it's just uh, especially when I see like I don't know four dudes on 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 the one person and then somehow he gets his momentum with his leg all the way back and kicks it and off a goalpost and ricochets in. So um, that, I guess that's that outsider's perspective. I, I, I would, if you're asking me, would I rather watch Anderson Silva on a UFC fight, you know, for a, a title fight versus watching, you know, soccer? At this point, yes, yes, absolutely. And um, I, I feel that especially UFC fighting is one of those things that are also very similar that you attach to well, if if you're uh, if you don't know anything about the sport, like you understand that you know this person, there's one dude and there's another one, and they're fighting till someone either gives up or someone can't uh, who, who can't continue due to a knockout, and uh, that's something that's been popular since you know before Roman times, and uh, and so uh, I definitely have an appreciation for both, but. I think the thing is that I never would have probably said a week ago if someone would have asked me, like, Are you, have you watched the World Cup? What do you think about soccer? I would probably say something different now than I would before because I actually took the time to see it and I kind of understand why someone would be interested in it. And um, I, uh, it's, it's just kind of like with football, when that – when those fireworks go on and you hear that dun, 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 and are oh, you ready for some football? I'm like, oh shit, like I don't know, it just hijacks your reward system to all things that are awesome. <laughs> and and uh, 
I can, and so it's hard for me to explain that to other people. But now I get why how someone could be very interested in soccer and this common goal of your country. And for me personally, when it comes to soccer, the way I look at it is, you know, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's called the beautiful game, and I just appreciate the level of of talent and athleticism it takes for one to run for 90 minutes. I mean, you know, you get a 40 at four, after 45 minutes, you get a halftime break and then you run for another 45 plus injury time, which could be, you know, anywhere from a minute to usually five minutes uh, on top of each half. So one, it takes an incredible amount of stamina and cardio just to get through that alone. Then for them to be able to in full stride, let's say go, you know, with perfect finesse, kick the ball from one side of the field to the opposite and just landed right on his teammate where he just catches it off his chest or right. He, you know, the guy uh, traps it with his foot and then continue while running and just keeps going with that or, you know, kicking it and crossing it out from the outside to the inside, pinpointing his like, the, like, like a laser beam, his teammate that's in front of the goal and the and the teammate hits it with his head and deflects it into the goal or the, the athleticism of a goalkeeper to dive you know, in one direction with arms stretched out, you know, blocking you just barely with his fingertips. I mean, there's there's so much like a little stuff that happens throughout, you know, a course of a game that most people don't really think about. But that's what captivates me about soccer is just their ability to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different skill set. I mean, fighting, oh, my God, it has so many different combinations. Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, what's it, Nate? Nate Diaz, uh, he he swum like to Alcatraz twice in shark infested waters. His cardio is insane, you know. It, yeah, yeah, and he just hits you with these barrages of punches and stuff. And I, I think that anything on a high level, I have an appreciation for to the to, to kind of see that you know what the human body can do, and uh, that ball just you know you jumping. And you hitting that ball right in between that cup where your foot is and where uh, your shin is, and right at the apex of the ball when you're at maximum height, and it's just you wind it up like a rubber band all the way, and your leg just goes boom in that you know in, in perfect stride and motion. I mean that's that's something in itself too to to, to have an appreciation for it. Um, also, just sports in general, but kind of back to wrestling. Um, what would you say your favorite wrestler is right now? And uh, why is why is this this person your favorite wrestler? Because I think that everybody has their reasons for their favorites. Well, I'll give you my favorites like throughout history. I got I got three that I always reference to. I'll tell you who I like now. Um, growing up, uh, the guy who really got you know Hulk Hogan was the first name that everyone knew, but Randy Savage was my guy. Like he was the guy who I. If it wasn't for Rand Macho Man Randy Savage, I would not be a professional wrestling fan. Uh, later on, uh, it was Shawn Michaels for a lot of different reasons, and he had, in my opinion, Shawn Michaels the best overall professional wrestler there's ever been. And then kind of later on, uh, I Chris Jericho is my guy, and Chris Jericho was very similar to Shawn Michaels in a lot of ways. He was kind of my replacement for Shawn Michaels when, when Michaels wasn't around. That all being said, uh, my favorite nowadays, that's really hard to say, 
Um, there's a lot of really good young talent in the company, but if I had to choose one, it'd be a guy named Dean Ambrose. And he was a member of the group, The Shield, that was really dominant the last two years. They just recently broke up, and he's a, you know, for, for anyone who hasn't watched wrestling in a long time, maybe, maybe you know some of the older names, he's like a hybrid of, like, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Mankind. He's like, he's like this psycho character that like he sounds when he talks, he sounds like the Joker from Batman, like the the uh, Heath Ledger Joker, uh, Batman. Like it's like, you know, he's he's in my so like in my opinion, he's the best talker, which is really important nowadays. Uh, he has a cool finishing move. He's he has really good matches, and and he's like a believable character. Um, so he's, he's, he's who I'd say is my favorite, uh, right now. What's his finisher move? It's called the Dirty Deed. Uh, it's hard to describe, but like, if you're, if you know what a bulldog is or a headlock. Okay. Puts you in a headlock and he keeps you in the headlock and falls flat on his stomach. So you just go head first right into the ground. It's like a spike bulldog. It's the first person I've ever seen do it. It's a basic move. It's very easy to do. Uh, but traditionally, you put someone in a headlock, jump up, and drop on your ass. And that's how you would hit their, you know, the other guy would fall flat on their face. This is him falling flat on his stomach, and the other guy's head just going, you know, straight into the, right into the mat. It's pretty cool. Dude, when I was a kid, I used to do, like, uh, was it the torture rack on my sister? <laughs> Behind my neck on top of it, just, like, shake up and down. And she'd be, like, screaming. And just, yeah, I don't know, I would walk away feeling like a badass. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luger, man. <laughs> Lex Luger, oh man, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, that's right. He was just... Yeah, he, he did a whole lot of stuff. Luger was, uh, it's sad to see what happened to him, though. He, I think he's, he's better now, but like, he's, if you ever want to see or ever have any uh, doubts or questions about what painkillers and steroids and, and those kind of things can do to somebody. Uh, take a look, do some research on Lex Luger's life after professional wrestling because that dude went from looking like Hercules to looking like a like a crackhead almost. I mean, it, it's, that's pretty, you know, graphic, I guess, to say that. But, like, he needed a wheelchair for a long time. Like, he lost all of his muscle mass. So that just kind of goes to show you, you, you could be – the biggest, scariest, most jacked-looking dude in the world. But once you get off that stuff, you're gonna have a lot of problems. Do you think? What do you think about steroids currently in uh, wrestling? Do you think that's pretty rampant? Like, is, do you think that that's going on still? I'm sure it's still going on to to a certain extent, but it's there's no way it's anything like it was uh, before. And that's a lot of that has to do with you know. Wrestling fans, you know, we lost a lot of guys really young before we really understood what certain things were. Mainly, like, with steroids and, like, growth growth hormones kind of still on the fence, like, whether or not that's really bad for you. But there's steroids, painkillers, muscle relaxers, and uh, concussions. And those are the things that really have hurt the industry the big thing, which I'm sure y'all have heard about, with Chris Benoit, when he killed his family, then himself, like he was a professional wrestler, he was jacked up on steroids, he was on painkillers, he had like probably hundreds of undiagnosed concussions, and when when he did what he did, 
uh, his parents gave up his brain to uh, to science to see you know what was going on with my son. Like no one, no one in a million years. You could have lined up Chris Benoit with a hundred people and been like, who do you trust the most to watch your kids right now? You would have chose Chris Benoit. And you'll never find a one person who has a bad thing to say about the guy. But his brain was so mashed that they said he had the mental capacity of an eight-year-old with Alzheimer's at the age of like 30-something, whatever he was when he did that. So, you know, with the steroids, and mainly because of the Benoit thing, Eddie Guerrero died young for, for similar type reasons. They have such a strong wellness policy now. These guys are getting drug tested randomly. Um, if you get caught with something, not only are you suspended without pay, they put it on the website, you know, TMZ picks up on it, uh, USA Today probably, like if someone like John Cena were to fail a drug test, the whole world would know. And they're, so they're putting their guys on blast. They're sitting there going, look, you can't, we're testing for painkillers, we're testing, we're testing for muscle relaxers, we're testing you for steroids. They even test them for marijuana, which I don't, I don't think is, it should happen. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think anyone in, in athletics should be tested for marijuana, but uh, if you get, if you do fail for marijuana, it's a fine. You don't get suspended, but they still usually, uh, you know, dispose it to the public. So they're very serious about making sure their guys are, are clean when they're doing this. But it's a double-edged sword because the job that they have with no off-season, always being on the road, you almost got to sympathize with the guys and be like, you know, how are you working 300 days a year in this job and not taking a painkiller every now and then? You know what I mean? Like, it's such such an excruciating thing on your body. But, you know, obviously there's a way to do it because not many guys are failing drug tests anymore. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that blast from the past from June 15th, 2014. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to subscribe, download, rate, review, all that good stuff on whatever platform you're listening. It takes no time at all. It's totally free and helps me out a ton. It really, really does. You can check out my pro wrestling articles at SoberosNetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash FightTalk underscore. You can check out all the social media work that I do for MMA on Point. That's Instagram at MMA on Point, Twitter at OnPointMMA, and the website MMAonPoint.com. And of course, if you jump on YouTube, search MMA on Point. You can check out all our awesome content over there. I have merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. I have a Facebook group, a whole bunch of stuff. But once again, just make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore because that's kind of the hub for everything. And I'm always keeping everyone up to date on what's going on there. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors, WrestleRumble.com. The Extreme Rules Pick'em Contest is obviously over because the show has ended, if you're hearing this recording by now. Um, but they will have contests coming up for AEW All Out. WWE SummerSlam, and NXT TakeOver Toronto. So a lot of great stuff going on there. Make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Stay up to date with all their contests. Also want to give a shout out to Heroes and Legends Pro Wrestling. They have awesome pro wrestling memorabilia, action figures, autographs, all that stuff. Follow them on Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling. And shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. If you want to get a knockout workout without getting knocked out, hit up Brian Jensen. He's a professional boxing trainer, MMA trainer, personal trainer. He can help you get in better shape, learn how to throw hands, learn self-defense, learn how to really train, you know, for pro fights, you know, all that good stuff. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he'll meet you up in person. But if you aren't anywhere close, he can help you remotely. 
just give them a follow on Instagram. That is at BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you follow him on Instagram, shoot him a message. That's the best way to link up. And I guarantee you, he will help you reach your goals. All right, guys. That being said, that's the end of this episode. Uh, Once again, we're nearing episode 200. I have a very special guest booked. Keep my fingers crossed that it goes through and nothing happens to prevent this from happening. And before that, you'll also be hearing an awesome pro wrestling interview uh, that I have lined up as well. So really great stuff coming up here on the Fight Talk podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back soon.